We're building this city one day at a time. Welcome to Grow Lincoln, the program with Lincoln's future in mind. Your hosts are former Lincoln City Councilwoman Robin Eshelman and Dave Albers, two experts in the field of commercial real estate and business development. Now, it's time to Grow Lincoln on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Thinking of starting a new business? SCORE is offering a workshop on June 11 at Turbine Flats at 2124Y to teach you how to start up your business. Google them at SCORE, S-C-O-R-E, Lincoln. And this segment is possible today because of Lincoln Electric System, Sarter Heyman Jewelry, and Charter Title. Coming up in the show, what is with all these new apartments? Who is moving into them? How do they afford them? We'll talk to Allison Santana from Kruger Development. She'll be in the studio. Uh, we'll also be talking about helping out with Ukraine. Agriculture has had a very special role in, in Ukraine, and we're going to talk to Nate Bloom from from the Nebraska Grain Sorghum Producers. There's a new nonprofit management program at UNL College of Business, and we will talk about that. Um, and, of course, at the end of the show, business is opening, closing, and moving around. How are you doing, Dave? Not too bad. Robin, why don't we introduce our first guest? Let's do. Allison Santana is in the studio with us from Kruger Development. How are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks, Robin. How are you? Oh, doing good. Um we wanted to have you in because Dave and I get questions from our commercial real estate clients who are on the periphery of apartment ownership. A lot of them, you know, maybe did at one time or have a few of them now. And they will constantly ask us these questions about all these new ones coming up downtown, South Lincoln, new apartment buildings. Um, so first, before we start, describe where your company's apartment complexes are that are kind of new. Yeah, absolutely, Robin. So Kruger Development owns and manages uh, a couple complexes. We have Shadow Lane, which is by Holmes Lake, and that's for senior living, so 55 up. We also have Chanticleer, which is at the intersection of 14th and Pine Lake near Southwest High School. And then we have the Murata Apartments, which is kind of our luxury apartment. We have a really nice indoor swimming pool, a movie theater room, um, very luxury top end apartments. And then we have the Sierra Suites, which those are all one bedroom apartments. And that's multi-use. We have commercial on the main floor. And that's kind of near 14th and Yankee Hill, sort of. It's closer Pine, to Pine Lake, Pine between Lake. Pine Lake and Yankee yeah. Hill. Yep. It's right on 14th Street. So you can drive on 14th and you can see it right there um, to the east. And then we built the Dakota Apartments. I did the lease up for the Dakota in 2019. And that leased up 100% within nine months. Yeah. Um, so there's 59 units there. We have underground parking on all those. And then we are also working on a new complex, which is going to be behind Southridge Village at 28, behind 2801 Pine Lake. So we're working right now to put up two buildings. There's going to be a total of 104 units there. Great. Hey, a lot of people ask this question about their being so surprised at how many apartments are being built. Do you guys have much vacancy and is it really competitive? We don't have that much vacancy. We're actually pre-leasing right now for August and September. So um, we 
are pretty much 100% occupied. I mean, we're pre-leasing. That's, so that's, that's why they're hard. building them, people. <laughs> they're right. 100%. There's a demand. <laughs> yeah, there is a demand. The renters that you see, are these people that have always lived in Lincoln, or are there a lot of people suddenly moving here for some reason? Well, we'll rent to anyone. We do have an application process, so we require um, they complete an application. It's an online process. Um, a third party does the screening. And they're going to take a look at the income. They're going to take a look at credit and criminal history. We do require that all of our tenants make uh, three times the amount of rent. Hmm. Trip. And, okay. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we will rent to anyone who has an approved application. But generally, we are seeing at like the Dakota and Sierra Suites and even Chanticleer, we're seeing most of our tenants uh, just finished university. They have a brand new career. Maybe they are just moving to Lincoln and they're starting out and they want a nice place to live. Uh, they want a washer and dryer in their apartment. They like the granite countertops. They like that it's new and it's fresh and clean and slick. They like that there's a controlled access entry to the building. And so they love the product. We have a good product to offer. And so generally we're seeing uh, maybe single individuals or couples that just are starting their career. Um, renting the apartments is what we're generally seeing. And so it sounds like maybe the university is a magnet for some of this. The university also, the state of Nebraska is running a campaign right now. It's called the Good Life is Calling campaign. And this is actually aiming at people to get them to move to the state of Nebraska. And so Nebraska got uh, some federal money through the CARES Act. And so $10 million is being spent on this. So this, Nebraska is recruiting people to move here. And uh, Nebraska is a great place to live, right? Who wouldn't yeah. want to live here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, there's a house the only thing people complain about is the weather. Why would you even question it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, people who have owned a house for many years and not been in the apartment market are surprised at the rents. What I know you have different income levels, but what are they? What are the rents? For a two-bedroom, depending on which complex, because at some of the complexes we don't have the pool, we don't have the movie theater right. room, and so it's depending what's most important to you. So at the Dakota, a two-bedroom is approximately a 1300 a month. At the Murata, it's a little more expensive. We have different layouts, so some apartments are going to be larger, some are going to have balconies. There's different amenities, and so it's not all the same product, but... Probably between a thousand three hundred and a thousand eight hundred is what you would expect to pay for a two bedroom in Lincoln. Do you know very much about the occupations? Is it like a whole bunch of tech wizards, or is this hospital people, medical people, or is there any one profession that they seem to be, or is it a, is it a dominant a, profession? Or a is there mix a dominant one? I don't jobs? know that there's a dominant profession. I mean. A lot of our apartments are close to Costco. So when Costco came in, we were renting to individuals that were working at Costco. We still rent to people that work at Costco. Um, we're seeing a lot of individuals that just finished university and they're starting their first career. But I wouldn't say that it's a specific career, not like not, tech wizards not, or medical. Yeah. Um, we do rent to some folks that work at the university. Uh, what about retired people? At the Murata, they're everywhere we rent them. 
I mean, yeah. there are some retired people. What's really nice about living in an apartment is you don't have to worry about scooping your snow or right. doing the landscaping. And you can uh, relax in the sense where you've got at the Marotta, it's so nice, the indoor swimming pool. You can swim all year round and we have a really nice fitness room and uh, you don't have to worry about cleaning it or maintaining the pool. Somebody else does all that for you. And so convenience is um, an amenity. And people are willing in Lincoln to pay for it. Yeah. To I have mean, the amenities and, and the convenience. And if they are people that like to vacation a lot, they can just leave. Yeah, yeah. it's easy yeah. to leave when you don't have to worry about taking care of your home. And so there are benefits to renting an apartment. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, it, it, it's more nuanced. Maybe there's no one answer. You know, when somebody just says, you know, how do people afford them? You know, there's I, there's probably a lot of couples that, yeah. that work. There's probably no one answer and they have different job from each other. Yeah, there's a lot of different uh, answers. But if you think about people from other states that are moving to Nebraska they might have sold their house for a million dollars. I mean, they're cashing it's, out on the coast and they're coming to Nebraska. And Nebraska's super affordable compared, compared to where they were living before. Where they were before. So and they'll pay so the price. So paying that price for an apartment is, it's like paying nothing for them. It's okay yeah. for you them. You know, in New York and California, apartments are renting for two, three thousand, maybe even four thousand dollars. So right. it's a bargain. Yeah. Interesting well, thank stuff. You. Lots, lots of lots of information there. And a lot of people curious a, about a, this. A, yeah, we hear this all the time. You know, where are these people coming from? How do they <laughs> afford it? You know. Well, thanks for coming to Broadcast House. Yeah, thanks for having me. Coming up next, Nate Bloom will be in from the N Nebraska Grain Sorghum Board to talk about rebuilding Ukraine's farms and building vegan patties. We'll be right back. It's Grow Lincoln. 1499.3 KLIN. Broadcast House is moving to a different location where they can grow and we want to sell their current building. Dave Albers of Albers Company and my company, Eshelman Commercial Real Estate, have Broadcast House listed for sale right here at 43rd and O Street. Contact us on Facebook or Twitter for details. And this segment is possible today because of the Nebraska Green Sorghum Board and Remax Concepts. Rebuilding Ukraine's farms and also building some plant-based patties. We've got someone kind of interesting for you to talk to, to listen to today. Um, Nate Bloom from Nebraska Green Sorghum Board is in, along with a friend of his, Franco from Argentina. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you, Robin and Dave. Great to see you again. We're going to talk Thank about you, global food today, and boy, is this interesting. Um, first, Nate, you are working on a project to rebuild small farms in Ukraine that have been devastated by the Russian invasion and subsequent withdrawal, right? Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, we're, we're supporting an effort uh, by a Ukrainian uh, businessman. It's called The World to Rebuild Rural Ukraine. Uh, the website is wruu.org, and uh, through our Sorghum Cares Initiative on the Sorghum Producers Association side, we always try to give back to communities, whether it's locally or, in this case, internationally. And uh, it's uh, it's a nice way for the sorghum growers and, and for us as an organization uh, to give back to worthy causes. And this is a really important one. When the war began, we saw a lot of memes about how much agriculture that um, Ukraine produces. And... 
you know, a person might have viewed that with sympathy, but at the same time kind of wondered almost a little bit cynically, now is this, you know, wartime propaganda? How real is that whole thing? It's very real. Um, Ukraine in a good year is responsible for feeding about 400 million people in 50 different countries and typically in the Middle East and Africa. And these are countries in the developing world that are already facing other challenges as well. So and then you couple the inability to get Russia or to get Ukrainian wheat with the fact that many of these countries are also dependent on Russian wheat. Uh, which is right. now sanctioned and they can't purchase it. And so you, right. have a, you have a real global food crisis happening overseas. And we've, we've already seen the effects in places like, uh, like Jordan and Egypt where they can't get flour, they can't get sugar. They're, mm-hmm. they're now having to ship from, from new places like the United States, which is great for our farmers, right. but it makes it harder for the average person to be able to get food there too. Um, so this is, this is a big, big problem that, uh, that, uh, you know, frankly, Ukraine is one symptom of. Um, and we're actually in the process of helping or of, of planning a humanitarian grains education mission to some African nations. We're hoping in the beginning of August to go and show them that, hey, you know, sorghum is an option. If you can't get your, your wheat flour, sorghum is an option, and here's how you use it in the kitchen. Well, I, like I said uh, prior to uh, our broadcast here, I don't think people realized how significant uh, the agriculture is in Ukraine. Well, and you couple that with, um, then also you have drought in India now. You have droughts right. in South America. We have drought here. I mean, just a couple of days ago, we had this big dust storm come through, right, on Thursday night. Um, you know, yeah. I-, I wanted to catch something real quick. Er- earlier, you were mentioning the Middle East. You were in the Middle East not very long ago, correct? Correct. Yeah, just back in February, we were in uh, the UAE and Jordan with Secretary of State Bob Ebnan. Yeah. Where are you going to, where are you going off to next? Well, I, in uh, your world travels uh, <laughs> with uh, grain sorghum. Well, I, I tell you what, we don't travel anywhere unless it's meaningful and productive. And and like I said, right now we're in the process of working with the Foreign Ag Service, the USAID, and the State Department maybe um, in, in doing some grains education in maybe Egypt. Uh, we're thinking Uganda, maybe Eritrea, South Sudan, some of these other countries that are affected by the food crisis. Now, you have your friend Franco from Argentina with you. Welcome to the to the show. What project are you working on? with um, the green sorghum. That's right. Hello, guys. Uh, before Hello. all, thank you so much for your invitation. I'm so glad to be here. And, um, well, back to the 2018, I was living in Israel. And uh, while I was working in the, in the Jerusalem market, uh, I saw these grains, these aromas. I felt myself like uh, uh, into the culinary uh, spirit, you know. So um, then I moved to New Zealand and I discovered the sorghum. And uh, I was developing these patties, you know, and I'm so curious. So I wanted to get the right sorghum te- patties. Yes, yeah, sorghum mm-hmm. patties. Okay. So by there, by back then, I wanted to develop the right texture, you know. So I started to work with sorghum since the last two years, and um, Nate invited me to come here to Nebraska to show what I'm doing, and I'm so glad to be here. Yes, thank you oh, so much. Oh, that's cool. Well, yeah. Franco is a great example of uh, partners that we have with entrepreneurs uh, around the world. Uh, we'd, we'd love to showcase Nebraska as a potential place for them to access the U.S. market, start a business. We have got great resources here between the Economic Development Department and Innovation Campus and others. Um, and we think that Nebraska is a great place to locate a business if you're trying to access the U.S. market because we're right in the middle of the country. So are you helping him bring his business to Lincoln or are you helping him purchase the sorghum and perfect 
the patty and market it. My job I, for any of these entrepreneurs, and we'll have more coming later this year, and we had another one earlier this year from France as well. My job is just to connect them with the resources that around. we have here. In, Correct. In how Lincoln. they how they run their businesses, their products. I mean, they're on their own. I mean, I can I can take them to the pool to the swimming pool, but yeah. they got to swim on their own. They're going <laughs> to sink right. or swim on their That's own. That's right. So well, I'm good, learning to but, swim. You know. Well, <laughs> good luck with your sorghum patty. That is fascinating. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's wow. a plant based product and it'll be sold around the world i'm sure and it's yeah. delicious by the way we had it, it the other night for dinner it's so good there yeah. we go nate it's always enjoyable to have you uh come on the show with us we you appreciate are it. have your special corner of the and, world you're working and on. you know i'm sure uh my wife will, loves listening to Franco's voice. She Your accent is accent? to die I, for. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to try to do a Franco's voice. Uh, maybe, maybe next time we'll, um, we'll uh, do the interview uh, like Franco. <laughs> oh, thanks a lot, guys, for coming in. Thank you for in. having us, guys. Yeah. My pleasure. Coming up next, Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts will be in about this long overdue correction that we are having in the markets. We'll be right back. Everyone is excited about new business, and our business is to tell you what's new. This is Grow Lincoln on 1499.3 KLIN. Limited service restaurants that offer food to on-the-go Gen Zers who want to eat off-site are doing the best right now, according to Food Service Results Market Research Company. KFC and Chick-fil-A are developing non-dining room drive-through concepts. Full service, especially full service chain restaurants, continue to struggle. We'll have more restaurant news at the end of the show. And this segment is possible today because of Christensen Hearing Analytics, Lincoln Airport Authority, and Service Master Professional Building Maintenance. We have discussed how market volatility has come and gone this year. And overall, we all know the markets are down a little bit. Um, we want to remind our listeners this is not time to panic. So with us is Roger Frank from Frank Financial Concepts. Welcome to the show. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me, Robin and Dave. You know, Robin, you're right. Uh, one thing I think we all need to remind everybody is, is that we had three very, very good years in the markets it, those markets gave us above average returns, so in, in my opinion, uh, this correction has been long overdue in, in building. But Robin, I think the first step before you panic is to visit with your financial professional and make sure you review your portfolios. If you haven't done that for a while, I, I would recommend that. You need to ask yourself if your risk objectives and time horizons have changed, and if they haven't, then work with your professional to find those opportunities or make adjustments in the markets that fits that portfolio based on those items. Yeah. Hey, Roger, what, what's your typical or what we might call bread and butter advice that you give to people sure. when we have these market corrections? Yeah. You know, for, for me, uh, the, the simple could be or, or as simple as it could be is just adding to those investments that you already own. Maybe look at uh, that great, uh, great growth stock that uh, maybe you bought it at a higher price and it's trading down, uh, pays a strong dividend uh, as an example. So you might want to just add to that position. Maybe looking at uh, adding to your cash position uh, if you need to uh, for future buys or looking at some fixed income uh, investments now that interest rates are moving higher. But I think the main thing is is try to keep that market noise uh, in the war in Ukraine, uh, the U.S. government and Congress uh, and so forth really out of those discussions. Uh, 
what we try to do in our office, we try to look at those fundamentals of the investments you're considering and buy them based on those facts alone and take that market noise out. I think if you buy them this way, you'll want to own them through the good times and the bad times. Yeah. Do you have clients that are maybe getting close to retirement and and they think that just because the returns are dropping, they ought to jump into some risky stocks and get a good deal? And yeah. do you, as a financial counselor, find yourself actually trying to hold them back? I wish that was the case. Uh, a lot a lot of times uh, people are calling to uh, because the market is down and they're concerned about their portfolios versus the other way around. But, you know, I do have some clients that jump on uh, market corrections and, and do some buying. So I, I, I think it's uh, a great to, to look at that. You know, if, if that's a discussion that you had with your financial professional, uh, just make sure that that discussion is constructive. Uh, make sure you're uh, sharing ideas, making adjustments as needed. And, and as an example, for most people, investing in the markets uh, is really for the long term. But let's say you're in the in your 20s, um, maybe you can take on a lot more risk uh, than if you're in your 60s. Uh, maybe if you're in your 60s, you shouldn't take as much risk. That's why it's so important to work with your professional. When I visit with new clients and we are doing their initial reviews, uh, their investments a lot of times, believe it or not, are just not aligned with that risk or or those objectives and so forth. And we point that out. I think that is a big issue and should be addressed on a continual basis with your uh, financial professional. You know, we've been hearing that uh, for the past several years that a lot of investors are still sitting on a lot of cash. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I know in my client uh, portfolios, uh, we have been sitting on quite a bit of cash, partly because it's been hard to find good investments uh, overall. But I, I think in general terms, people have been sitting on cash. So if you're uh, sitting on that cash and you want to start putting that to work, reach out to your financial professional and start gauging some ideas and see what might be a fit for your uh, portfolio. Well, thanks a lot for coming in, Roger. Well, thank you. Roger Frank is a registered representative of and securities offered through Berthel Fisher & Company Financial Services, Inc., BFCFS member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through BFC Planning, Inc. Frank Financial Concepts, BFCFS, and BFC Planning, Inc. are independent entities. Coming up next, there's a new nonprofit management program available at the UNL College of Business. We'll tell you about that, and we'll be right back. Economic development is not boring. It's our future. It's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Barbecue, pokey, Greek, wine bars, alcohol, and independently owned restaurants are trending now. But burgers, chicken, and sandwiches are maturing. In other words, slowing down. Um, this from Food Service Results Market Research. We will have more restaurant news at the end of the show. And this segment is possible today because of John Henry's Plumbing, Lincoln Chamber of Commerce, and Baylor Evnen Law Firm. Thursday, May 26th is Give to Lincoln Day. That's a chance to donate to your favorite nonprofits in Lincoln and have a big match made. Employers' mail service has been slow, so you might want to start your process of early of writing a check accompanied by a letter telling the Lincoln Community Foundation which nonprofits you would like to contribute to. And speaking of nonprofits, Dave, we yeah. have the perfect guest today. Um, this is Dr. Emery Onlu, and he is with the University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business. They have a new nonprofit management program. So and there's the tie-in. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so this perfect segment to have him in. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Thank you so much for having me. Now, you are with the Center for Executive and Professional Development. You want to explain that? Absolutely. The Center for Executive and Professional Development provides business-related education for professionals. So as people advance in their careers, the scope of their responsibilities expands and changes. It might become necessary to acquire additional education to fill some of the skill gaps that might occur due to these changes. So we offer practical programs to develop additional skills in leadership, management, effective communication, financial management, as well as other business-related topics. What is the profile of students that are interested in the programs and how much time do they uh, Our open enrollment them? programs are open to anyone who has a desire to strengthen their skills, and we typically see people who have been out in the workforce for a while. I would say a good proportion of our audience has 10-plus years of experience. Oh, wow. Can you talk about this a little bit more in depth about this nonprofit management program? Absolutely. We are very excited to start this fall the Nonprofit Management Institute. The Institute is dedicated to train those managing and leading nonprofit organizations. Our target audience is nonprofit executives responsible for fundraising, marketing, communications, HR, or volunteer management. That said, these programs are a good fit for nonprofit board members and community leaders as well. We're confident about our facilitators, whom we recruited around the nation. They're well-known experts in nonprofit management with successful career tracks. So, Dave, basically, we're offering three executive certificate programs. The first one is Nonprofit Management Executive Certificate, which is a generalist program that examines the structure of a nonprofit and discusses how it works best to accomplish its mission. The second program is Nonprofit Financial Management Executive Certificate, which is a specialty program and provides practical knowledge on interpreting financial statements, long-term financial planning, and the IRS Form 990. And finally, the third program is about fundraising, which is also a specialty program and explores the basic principles and methodologies of fundraising. That's interesting. You know, I think fundraising is the one thing that has changed in the last few years more than anything. I mean, and I, as a donor, even notice it, how, how much more likely they are to quickly send you a thank you note than they used to. <laughs> when, when they, and I'm sure these, that's just like one little thing you probably teach in that Definitely. Class. It is very competitive and needs to be planned ahead to turn out to be effective. Yeah, yeah. Is there any other common questions that you get um, about this program that you would like to share information or answers? Absolutely. The common question that we get is on location. All of our sessions will be held at the UNL College of Business on City Campus at the 14th and Vine Street. Which is a really nice building. Fantastic, nice new building. Yes. We are so proud of it. Thanks for saying that. And the dates, obviously, is another question. The first program is September 13th and 14th. The financial management program is on October 4th and 5th. And the fundraising will be on November 1st and 2nd. All sessions run from 8.30 till 5, include program materials, breakfast, lunch, and parking. Well, good. Excellent. How do we reach your department? What's a good way to Google to get to this and to get information about this? The easiest way might be Googling UNL ExecEd, and our link should be in the top three hits. Or you can directly call us at 
1-800-472-4357. Or you may use our abbreviated URL, which is go.unl.edu slash nonprofit institute. I think this would be a great resource for boards of directors looking to maybe looking for an executive director. This would be a great place for them to go to find oh. Some, good, somebody with good some education point. and experience. Maybe we could talk to this gentleman about uh, who we may want to pick, since he has to have them as students. <laughs> <laughs> A personal recommendation. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on Thank the you. show. Thank you so much for having me, guys. <laughs> You've been listening to Dr. Unloof from the UNL College of Business, the nonprofit management program, which is under Center for Executive and Professional Development. Coming up next, businesses opening, closing, and moving around, but we'll be right back. This city is my city, and I love it. Yeah, I love it. I was born and raised here. I got it made here. And if I have my way, I'm going to stay. Ever be it's Grow Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. If you have a job opening, send it to us on Grow Lincoln on KLIN.com, Facebook, or Twitter, and we will announce it. And this segment is possible today because of University of Nebraska-Lincoln College of Business, Frank Financial Concepts, and Realtors Association of Lincoln. Some people have been wondering, and some people some people have given up wondering, what happened to the Normandy restaurant? Um, last we saw, they were making crepes on Wednesdays and Thursdays at Ramology, which is a bar... Um, an upscale bar on South 27th Street, down in between Pine Lake Road and Yankee Hill Road. Yep. And so I, I even checked f- this past week because I kind of didn't want to cook on Wednesday and Thursday. <laughs> so I so checked, you went, you went I for a crepe adventure. With a, but she the, the lady that does the crepes from the Normandy was like on vacation or something this week. So I didn't get my crepes. No. So are you crappy? Me. Are you yeah. crappy with no so crepes? I had to cook. Yeah. <laughs> crappy with no crepes. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, we have a correction or maybe a clarification clarification correction on Abeladaro's restaurant. We had announced that they were going in the food court by the airport. They are going Near, near the food port by the airport. If you look to the south of their location, there's a former um, former subway, and that is the building that they're going into. However, they are in construction, and they said they don't know when they're going to be open yet. Well, that's you know, understandable. In construction, you never know what's going on. Hey, Robin, I wanted to bring up a pretty good-sized building permit that I saw. This is at 104th. And Highway 6, or Cornhusker, as most people uh, are aware of or call it, which is the GlaxoSmithKline building there. Doing an addition for personnel and an office area and some mechanical space, but it was $2,430,000. Wow, that's a pretty significant construction project up there yeah. on Highway 6. Um Let's see. Let's jump down to some news in mid Midtown. Yeah. How about uh, uh, Merrick Concrete? 
I didn't know. I, this has to win the award for the company that's been in Lincoln the longest, right? I mean, we've even it's talked close. about this, I'm, and I'm trying to remember what, what company we thought was here the longest. This has got to be one of them. But I think Sarder Heyman Jewelry is close. Yeah. Were they 1900-something? I can't. I... This is 1894. Right. I'm trying to think. I mean, other than Wayuka Cemetery, who's been open since the 1800s in Lincoln? It's called Merritt Concrete Fireplace and Stone, and it's located at 827 South 26th Street. And it was announced in Strictly Business Magazine that it's been purchased by its next-door neighbor, who's been there since 19... 19- 59, which you would have thought, well, that's an old company in Lincoln until you heard that there was one that was open and since 1894. Um, Whitehead Oil, you stop. People are buying that. I assume, yeah, predominant. I'm assuming that uh, they're purchasing the real estate because it is adjacent to their existing facility. Are they going to keep Merritt Concrete Fireplace and Stone going? I have no idea. Hmm. No idea. But... Any way you slice it, very impressive. Both businesses. I was like, congratulations. Just for, for longevity. Just for being around. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Hey, uh, Robin, we also uh, talked on Thursday about the With build- Jack and Friends. With Jack and Friends. Uh, about one of the buildings on 84th and O Street. And this is actually 500 South 84th. There's going to be a new remodel there of, of uh, for 57,891 square feet. 57,000 feet. That's a big, that's a lot of area. That, yeah, frame of reference, that would be like three Walgreens. Yeah, there you go. And uh, $800,000 building permit. But you found out precisely who was going in there. State office building people, right? Yeah. Yeah. Department of Education. They are coming from the state office building downtown. They are consolidating a couple of other facilities that they have in other parts of Lincoln, bringing 300 workers to East Lincoln. So, you know, if you've got a fast food restaurant out near like 70th and O, 84th and O, you're going to have some more people. There you go. I wanted to... Uh, mention to people this is the building that is south uh, of the state main farm. of the main state farm building that you think of if you're if you had kids who were in soccer and you went to the soccer fields behind there this is the building you drive by yeah and if fields. you ever have to stop because bicycles are crossing on the bike trail it's a little bit closer to that than it is to o street yeah. So a little, little bit south. Um, but yeah, significant how the policies about state office space have changed. There used to be some pretty uh, rigorous rules that they had to be in downtown Lincoln. That was, you know, partly for convenience of being together, but it was also partly protection Yeah. for downtown. And that seems to have completely changed if the department had doesn't want to be downtown they've been allowed to leave well and we we and like you said we've we've seen this uh happen with several different uh government offices yeah so. quite a few ag uh, based departments have left downtown yeah um uh, 3901 pine lake which is basically 40th in pine lake uh suite 200 lincoln internal medicine is uh, having an expansion according to the building permit 
That would be the Bryan Hospital facility? Yeah. 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 And uh, 200 and, for 1,321 square feet, $295,000. For such a small, it, boy, medical space is not. It's expensive to, to remodel. Yeah. They, they just have a lot it's of. It's a lot of money. A lot of, lot of stuff that they have to put into those facilities to make things work. It does seem that we have not seen as many Bryan Hospital building permits in recent months as we, we used to see, you know, one a month. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's dropped off a little bit. I'm sure the... And, and we're talking about Bryan Hospital proper. I mean, per se, usually the east one on uh, 48th Street. Yeah, they've got, you know, they've got holding real estate holdings all over Lincoln and we see permits from time to time. Um, They do have that big cancer center, though, that they've been working on. Have you driven by that? I I drove by it the other (sighs) day. It's been a couple months. Is it it really looking like something? Well, the the steel's coming up. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a They were just grading when I was out there. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. Things are things are. Kind of starting to happen, I and, need to get and there's back down and there. there's more roundabouts on. That uh, if people haven't driven out there, there's roundabouts <laughs> on Fortieth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's what we're in for, for from so, now on. Hey, um, we, we were talking about apartments, Robin, uh, with in our first guest, one with our first guest, and yes. there's a there's another apartment complex another being one. built. Yeah. eighty two units coming up. Eighty two. This is at uh, seventy. 300 South 89th Street, which is... That'd be like uh, 90th and Pine Lake? Yeah, basically. It, it's the uh, an expansion of the apartments that are behind, uh, and when I say behind, I'd say predominantly... Menards? More Walmart. More Walmart. Behind Walmart? Yeah, yeah in that area. Mm-hmm. Out, out, okay. Just off of Highway 2. 10.6 million. That's what I wanted to bring up. So you take 10. that and you million. divide that by 82 units. Yeah. And that isn't even all the money. I mean, like that wouldn't be even the cost of the land. No. But but there was some site work that was included on it. And maybe for just that, for those units, maybe for some other stuff. But it doesn't. It, these oh, things are expensive. What is the cost per unit to build an apartment these days? I guess that's that's what I was kind of wondering. Well, I'm. I know it's not. I'm going to take a. Uh, I'm going to do some quick math. I, as we're talking, I'm going to try to do. He this. is on his calculator, well, folks. Yeah, guessing. <laughs> by the time you buy the I, land, I, I can. I can. Uh, guess with my head math because I, I, people ask us all the time you know how can 130,000 approximately 129 to 130,000 to build an apartment yeah. unit now if you missed our first segment today you can catch the podcast after the show and we talked to an apartment developer about what apartments cost these days and what kind of jobs the people have and what sort of amenities they have and yeah. She was telling us they're all full. Yeah, I know it. I know it. Are we out of time? We you're are making, out of time. You're, you're, um, you I'm suddenly giving, I'm, looked at your watch well, and, I, and had, I looked at our timer here and I'm going, had a face full of panic. Yeah. That's all for Girl Lincoln. Thanks a lot. And send us your announcement about your business's opening, closing, or relocating via Facebook or Twitter. Yeah.